This is Brain Diet, episode number 56. I'm Taylor Ann Macy, and you are listening to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain good information. Hey everyone, what's up? How are you? Welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. When I plan the topics for this podcast, I usually am teaching something that's at the forefront of my awareness or something that I've noticed a lot in my clients or something that I am working on personally myself. It's all very relevant to the current state of things, whether it's for me or for my business. And lately I've been doing a lot of internal work on myself. And so I wanted to share a little bit with you that journey and what it looks like for me. I think that every person's journey of mental health to learn the tools of how to cultivate it and how to really maintain it is very different. It's a unique experience to really figure out what works for you and your brain and your lifestyle. And I wanted to just share today a little bit about how I do things in the hope that maybe it will give you some insight or some inspiration for where you want to start um, and to just give you some perspective for what it actually looks like to take care of mental health, to manage your mind and to be able to do it in such a way where you can feel better. Recently, I started going to therapy. Now I have done therapy before and have very much benefited from it. It's been years since I have utilized therapy and I'm really excited to get back into it. So I currently am utilizing both a therapist and a coach. For those of you that don't really know what a therapist and coach do or what the difference is between the two of them, therapy is a way to get your mental health to a baseline state. So when you are kind of functioning below baseline, whatever baseline is for you, therapy can really heal you to bring you to baseline. Coaching then challenges you to go beyond baseline. So in my own brain, I am more or less familiar with certain patterns that are more suited to coaching and more suited to therapy. So I started to notice some things in my own head that were kind of indicative that I needed a more therapeutic approach for certain areas of my life. So that is what I have been really working on is working with this therapist on certain things. And it's been extremely beneficial for me. I have never done therapy and coaching at the same time, like I am doing it now. And it is awesome. (laughs) I really, really love it because They are very different, at least with the therapist and the coach that I work with. They're very different approaches, but they work very well in harmony to help me really take care of my brain. It's something that I so value and prioritize, and so I feel so lucky to be able to utilize these resources in this way. It's something that I am more than willing to invest my money in because my brain is the most important thing to me because without it, I couldn't exist with a consciousness to create anything else. (laughs) So that is where I'm at. I'm utilizing both 
resources and it has been awesome. Now the week of the release of this episode, we, and by we, I mean my husband and my in-laws and some family members will be in Siesta Key in Florida. And as I was thinking about us being in Siesta Key, it kind of occurred to me that that is a pretty typical way that people try to help their mental health is they relax, go on vacation, um, take naps. Uh, And I think that those things are extremely valuable and have their place in taking care of mental health. But what I believe is that mental health and taking care of it is not necessarily a vacation. It's actually a lot of really consistent work and effort and willingness to do hard things. So that's what I wanted to share a little bit about today is the consistent work that I actually put in as much as I wish I could be on a beach at all times. That's not really the reality of life. And so creating and cultivating mental health really does require some effort and work. So that type of effort for me, in terms of coaching, it really challenges my brain. Coaching really challenges me to stretch my capability, to stretch what it is that I believe. It requires me to really work hard in a really good way, right? Just because it's consistent work doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. Working on your mental health feels really good. It is very healing and helpful and feels so useful when you are willing to face what's happening inside your brain. So coaching, like I said, really challenges me and therapy really heals me, but it pushes me in a very different way than coaching does. It pushes me to heal certain parts, to examine my wounds with a lot of compassion. It allows me to, um, have a sounding board to get everything that's in my brain out there. And again, coaching can serve that same purpose, but in a different way. And I love the way the two balance out that one really challenges me to go beyond the other heals the wounds that need healing. And they can work so beautifully in this way. So the things that I have been doing on a consistent basis for the last couple of years, and then I've been working more so lately as I've been in therapy are thought downloads, I talk about these on the podcast all the time, and this is utilized in both coaching and therapy where in order to do the work, you have to know what's happening in your brain. I talk about this in almost every single episode that if we don't have a starting point, we're not going to get anywhere. And so for me doing thought downloads, a lot of times I will talk into my voice memos on my phone just to kind of get things out. So then I can take a more constructive look at things. It really helps me to examine what's happening so that I can change it if I want to. So thought downloads are a huge part of both therapy and coaching. The second thing that coaching challenges me to do is to work on my beliefs. I can discover what it is I believe about myself, about my life, about my relationships, about what I'm capable of. I can examine all of those and work on them. And when I say work on them, I challenge myself. I try to stretch those beliefs And try to examine them in such a way that really sees them as just sentences. Do I want to keep thinking this or do I want to believe something bigger, something better? The next thing that I do on a regular basis to take care of my mental health is I really check in with myself regularly. I mean, throughout the whole day, I am checking in. What am I thinking? What am I feeling? How can I support myself right now? 
And that takes awareness. Our brains are so much more inclined to just operate on autopilot that to really take the time and effort mentally to examine and to check in with yourself. Okay, what's going on? What am I thinking? What am I feeling? That takes a little bit of effort, but that's something that I'm willing to do because of what awaits on the other side. When I operate on autopilot, it just kind of like piles up a bunch of crap that doesn't get addressed. And then I just feel crappier and crappier. So taking the time to regularly check in, regularly do those like cleanups, you could call them. That is what allows me to continue to maintain the work that I'm doing. Another thing that I do to maintain my mental health is I read a lot of books. I love self-help books. I love learning. There are so many incredible teachers and inspirational people in the world that have material that is at my fingertips. I have a Kindle and I get onto my library's website and I put as many books as I can on hold and just constantly have a stream of books that will come onto my Kindle. And I'm just reading, reading, reading. My goal for 2021 was to read 50 books and I'm well on my way. (laughs) Um, But I love to read self-help books. I love to learn more about the brain. I love to read other people's perspective. A lot of what I teach in terms of coaching and here on the podcast is inspired by what I learn from other people. I think that we live in a day and age where we just have all of the resources available to us that are so within our reach. And so I'm constantly reading. And in doing that, it helps me, again, pay attention to my brain and add good information to my brain as opposed to sitting in front of the TV all day long or sitting in front of my phone all day long or sitting in front of social media all day long. I mean, I, I do those things. I, I look at social media. I do watch TV sometimes, but if I constantly am just putting that in front of my brain, it inclines me to go to a less healthy place. (laughs) So I'm very mindful of putting things in front of my brain that I think are useful and books. I just think are one of my favorite things to do that with, to put in front of my brain, to give my brain all the opportunities to think constructively, to think usefully. The next thing that is pretty obvious, but I think that people tend to easily put off or neglect is I take a lot of time for sessions to apply all of the work that I'm learning, whether it's with my therapist or with my coach or just applying the information that I'm learning in the self-help books. I take the time to sit down for those sessions, whether I'm meeting with someone or just sitting down by myself to self-coach and to really take a look at how I can apply what it is that I want to apply and the tools that I want to utilize in my life to help up level my life. That does require some time, but it's something that I'm willing to put in because it's a little bit of time comparatively that then results in something that is so much greater. You know, if I'm willing to put in time to be in sessions, then the rest of my life is so much better. And the next piece of that is money. I am more than willing to invest money into my mental health, whether through a therapist or a coach or through paying for books or otherwise. I think that's another thing where people tend to hesitate. When I was doing one-on-one coaching, that was one of the biggest objections that I had to coach people on was, oh, it's just too much money. I don't know if it's worth it. I don't know if I want to spend that that amount of money on coaching or on my mental health. And I don't think there is an amount that I wouldn't spend on my brain because I know what a massive value it is. I am willing to spend money on my brain because of the result that I get 
at the end of it all. So something to think about. Another piece to this mental health care. And I think I noticed this because I get the compliment pretty often that I seem to be positive all the time, that I always have a positive attitude. And I really do take that as a compliment. But I think that when people say that, they assume that I feel that way all the time, that I'm positive all the time, that I always try to have a positive outlook. And that's actually not true. I think the reason why it is so easy for me to be positive and to have a positive attitude is because I am so good at feeling negative emotions. I know that when I'm feeling terrible, that I'm still okay, that I still am able to show up in my life and that the negative emotion isn't a problem. It's something that I'm so capable of handling. And so because of that, I'm able to show up in a way that isn't miserable half the time. I just kind of allow those negative emotions to be there. And because of that, then it might look like I have a positive attitude all the time. It's kind of interesting, right? That once you really get good at feeling negative emotion, it's so much easier to be positive when you want to be positive and to show up in a way that's useful for you. Mental health for me is utilizing coaching. It's utilizing therapy. It is getting regular physical exercise. Again, another thing that I talk about on this podcast all the time, how much I love exercising in any capacity I can find it. It's something that's so important to me that I know makes such a difference to what happens inside my brain and how I feel physically, both sensation-wise and emotion-wise. Again, these are kind of the things that I utilize to take care of my mental health. I'm not saying this is the right way to do things. I just think it's so interesting to really get an insight into people's practices, into what they do. I love hearing about that, what other people do to take care of their mental health. Another piece, again, lots of pieces to this that comes to mind when I was really thinking, how do I take care of my mental health is discipline. I am very disciplined with myself in an incredibly loving way because I know I need structure in order to thrive. And so what the discipline looks like for me in my everyday life is going to bed early when I'd rather stay up and watch Downton Abbey. We recently just started watching that again. It's so good. Some people hate on it. That's totally fine. I love that show. I feel like they're my friends. And so many nights I would rather stay up late and watch Downton Abbey. And sometimes I do. But for the most part, I really discipline myself to go to bed early because I know in the long term, it's what's going to be best for me. Discipline looks like feeling my feelings rather than eating them. It looks like feeling terrible instead of stuffing my face to numb myself from my messaging system. Discipline looks like getting up early to meditate and to study when I'd rather sleep in. Discipline looks like prepping and cooking healthy meals when I'd rather something quick and convenient. Discipline isn't necessarily easy. Mental health isn't necessarily easy, but it's worth it. Because honestly, stuffing your face and feeling terrible isn't easy either. I just choose which version of hard I want. And the version of hard that I want is discipline because when I discipline myself, there is a net positive consequence. Whereas when I don't discipline myself, there is a net negative consequence. Another thing that I really work hard on and a skill that I have really gotten pretty good at, not perfect by any means, is to drop judgment. Like I have really worked hard to notice what's happening in my brain and then drop any judgment that I have about it. 
So the thoughts that I have, I am not my thoughts. I am a worthy human. And just because I have thoughts, some of them seemingly very strange, that's not who I am. They're just sentences in my brain that my brain has offered me. So they don't mean anything about me. So whatever it is that I notice when I'm doing thought downloads or self-coaching or working with my therapist or my coach, I am not my thoughts. I don't judge myself for what I find. I also don't judge myself for what I am feeling. If I'm feeling any positive emotion, any negative emotion, anything in between, I don't judge myself for that. Nothing has gone wrong because I am feeling an emotion. I'm just a human, having a human experience. And dropping the judgment makes it so much easier. I also drop judgment around the things that I have done in the past, the things that have happened to me. The second you add in judgment to an already very busy brain, it just creates a lot of unnecessary suffering. It's not useful to judge yourself for what happens in your brain. It's not helpful. And so learning awareness without judgment for me has alleviated a lot of unnecessary suffering. I am all about eliminating unnecessary suffering, but embracing the suffering that's useful. To be able to check in and say, how do I really want to feel about this? Do I want to suffer over this? And sometimes the answer is absolutely yes. And that's okay. So my main points for mental health are awareness. Again, through thought downloads, through having a therapist as a sounding board, really getting to know my brain. Curiosity without judgment. Whatever I find, I'm curious about. A willingness to do hard things, to feel my feelings rather than eat them. A willingness to work on myself, a willingness to face what's happening in my brain. Discipline. Discipline in, again, doing things that are hard in the moment, but are so much more worth it than the other option. (laughs) Compassion, dropping judgment for what I find. A willingness to tell the truth. When I am very honest with myself and subsequently really honest with the world and with how I communicate with people, it releases a lot of resistance and pain. Liz Gilbert said, what is better, uncomfortable truth or comfortable lies? Every truth is a kindness, even if it makes others uncomfortable. Every untruth is an unkindness, even if it makes others comfortable. Telling the truth can be uncomfortable, but it's kind. It's always kind when we're telling the truth from a space of love. And that's something that I've had to work on. And the next thing that I'm really having to work on in order to take care of my mental health is a willingness to say no. I think that that's something that's difficult for a lot of us. Learning how to say no from a place of love and respect for yourself and for others is so freeing. Instead of living in this place of comfortable lies, we face the uncomfortable truth because that's what's truly kind. I am constantly learning about mental health. I'm constantly sharing what I'm learning on the podcast. I'm constantly sharing what I'm learning in the gym for your mind. I am teaching. It's something that I am so obviously passionate about. Mental health is such a important piece to being alive. And I think that most of us logically understand that, but when it really comes down to it, I don't know that as many of us are willing to do the work and that's okay. I just think it's something worth knowing, worth considering, worth thinking about. What does your version of taking care of your mental health look like? And if it is laying on a beach all the time, I commend you. But if you're not able to do that, 
then I would encourage you to try to utilize a few of the pieces of information that I've shared with you today. This has just kind of been a stream of consciousness this episode. I know it's a little bit different from what I normally share, but as I've just been reflecting on my own brain, I thought it would be interesting to shift gears a little bit in this week's episode and share a little bit about that. And so with that, I hope that what I've shared today has been interesting and helpful. And if it hasn't been, that's okay too. Thanks for listening. (laughs) I appreciate you, every one of you that listens to this podcast, and I can't wait to share more information with you. I have so many great ideas and things that I really am excited to share because of how valuable it has been for me. Again, I'm rambling, but this is an important work to me, and I hope that that is clear. So as I take care of my mental health, I hope that it allows me to then teach you more, to help you more, and to help the world be a little bit better. So that's my aim in this episode. With that, again, thank you for listening. I'll talk to you next week.